everyone. So far in this series on ontology of music, I addressed the ontological imperatives of art and craft, the relationship, the types of ideas and processes, as well as the notion of semiotic weight. In this fifth episode of the series, um, we'll start with semiotics versus symbolism. As I implied in the previous episode, I determine a necessary differentiation between semiotics and symbolism. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary offers a definition of semiotics as the research on the, quote, function of signs in both artificially constructed and natural languages, end quote, while the same source's explanation of symbolism specifies it is, quote, the art of expressing the invisible or intangible by means of visible or sensuous representations, end quote, and a, quote, system of representations, end quote. These nuanced definitions invite the semantic separation between semiotics and symbolism, establishing of the prominence of the former in the realm of ontology and of the latter in the realm of aesthetics. From the time of the first International Congress of the Semiotics of Music held in 1973, the different focus of theorists and philosophers regarding issues relevant to musical semiotics result in a range of literature that addresses diverse aspects of meaning, which draw upon not only music-related, but also linguistic and cultural difficulties while simultaneously avoiding the risk of moving from theoretical to applied musical semiotics. What passes for musical semiotic analysis, the ones by Tarasti serving as a case in point, really go beyond terminological application on processes relevant to form. Uh, with respect to Tarasti's analysis, um, you can take a look at part two of uh, the work A Theory of Musical Semiotics is published in 1994. A successful discussion on the hierarchy of ontological properties in a musical composition and by extension of musical semiotics is only possible when the philosopher and or analyst and or listener possess an excellent grasp of how the notions of art and craft apply to a particular stylistic tradition and even a particular composer. This insight, coupled with a successful research of primary sources, cultural history, and possible communication with the composer herself, can ultimately assist the analyst in establishing the particular composer's aesthetic and even reconstructing part of her symbolism, which I shall discuss uh, in a different essay, a different time, 
When uh, presenting his ontological theory, which he names sonicism, Dodd argues that musical works are norm types whose tokens are sound sequence events. This conception, better than all its rivals, captures such works' repeatability, performability, and audibility, whilst avoiding metaphysical obscurantism. Uh, for uh, more by Dodd, you can uh, check out his book, Works of Music, an essay in ontology. It will be in chapters 1, 8, and 9. Giving examples of imaginative identical works composed by Beethoven and twin Beethoven, Dodd does not consider contextualization and knowledge of the historical moment of its creation, what I call its kairos, to influence the ontological essence of a composition in progress. While I agree on some points with Dodd, especially on the idea of focusing on actual music, his theory does not account for the types of ideas and processes. It presents an incomplete view of the nature of musical ideas and processes because it fails to address the notion of semiotics and does not offer a path linking ontology to hermeneutics. So thank you very much for being with me. Um, with the next episode, I will address the types of signs and music composition as an active semiotic network. Thank you for being with me. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.